This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And I, folks, am freaking myself out. Now, I want you to think about this. All right. Let me just um, let me just take you back in time for a moment. If you remember the series on Artificial Intelligence Foundation, I just replayed this episode recently in full so that you folks could uh, listen to it. And it was the private emails I had back and forth with Rob Mallory of the Artificial Intelligence Foundation and the project I was going to work on with him. And he talked about how they were building the uh, F-15 fighter jet right and they were building this whole engine and the engine was the ai brain that sits behind the mind twin puppet and i showed you guys that they developed a mind twin of uh sir richard branson of deepak chopra of a couple others even the ceo lars butler who's connected into the government as well and has partnered with former nsa chief keith alexander that uh, lars butler even built one of himself and we showed you some demos where they had five ai digital twin puppets based on real people having a conversation back and forth with each other it was four or five years old so it was at the beginning phases or at least what we were supposed to believe was the beginning phases. And so I I always said to myself, the project we were going to work on was Barack Obama. And so they wanted a voice actor. This is after Obama was out of office. I believe it was the first or second year of Trump in office, maybe 2016, 2017, maybe. And so you'll have to listen to the episode. And so um, what they said they were going to do is my voice actor was going to sit down in front of this computer with a mic and he was going to talk in his Obama voice for probably 30 or 40 hours and he was going to read books that Obama had written, speeches Obama gave, etc., etc. And that was all going to be loaded into the system so that they could create a voice library uh, that sounded like Barack Obama and it would be able to, and the guy I had was really like a dead-on Obama voice. He could do it comical but he could do a straight Obama and it was really a straight Obama. Is that even possible, ladies and gentlemen? Let's ask his husband, Michael. No, but um, he could do a straight voice, non-comedic version of Barack Obama. So his voice was going to be used to create the deep fake audio version. And then they were going to use another actor I had who looked like Obama, scan him in and use him 
to create the uh, AI, uh, you know, the skeleton for the animation. And then they were going to load books and speeches, books that Obama read in college, as much as they could get that Obama would have come in contact with or what he spoke about out in the public into this system to develop this AI brain. And then eventually the goal was that they could have the Obama deepfake up on the screen and Dustin, I could be interviewing him thinking I'm talking to Obama over Skype or over Zoom uh, as a newscaster or at a conference or something. And it's talking to me, having a conversation with me, but it's actually not the real person. And there's no human interference. There's not a human puppeteer behind it or my voice actor behind it it's actually thinking for itself processing the conversation the questions from me and actually answering them themselves but they had to have all this data in this system in order for that obama puppet to come to life and so i said to you i posed the question i still do when i speak about this to people How do you know that when you're watching TV and Anderson Cooper is interviewing Barack Obama, that Barack Obama is real? Well, what really should blow your mind is how do you know that Anderson Cooper is even real and that Obama and Anderson Cooper are not both deepfakes driven by an artificial intelligence brain, an AI backbone? And then we saw, we watched here, the demo that Lars Butler did where you weren't supposed to know that he was a deep fake and his deep fake puppet was having a conversation with four other puppets, including uh, Deepak Chopra. And then in the end, they reveal that Lars Butler is even fake as well. Well, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days about the digital footprint that they are building on us. Think about this, folks. Look, it's, it's a mirror image. Okay, it's reversed because they need to be able to manipulate you. And this all ties back into what we covered here with MK Ultra and Sidney Gottlieb and all that stuff coming out of World War II, mind control, mind bending, mind hacking, is that with your digital footprint, right, they don't necessarily need to or want to be able to build a digital twin of you they keep telling you this all the companies the whole narrative of this is that if you give us all your information this is what ai foundation was selling of which professor matthias nasir is involved with his technology was part of building artificial intelligence foundation It's not just like you feed the information and then we're going to give you a digital puppet of yourself to help you do mundane tasks while you sit around and bed and eat Twinkies all day. That's how I put it before. And your AI puppet's going to go on Zoom and uh, do your work for you and show up at your sales meetings at work. And I always said, that didn't make sense. It's a total lie. Well, if they have a full-blown digital footprint on you, they know everything about you, not just in the past, but they're tracking it in the present through your phone. I mean, everything I'm recording right now is going up into my digital footprint. I'm not stupid. Obviously, this is all going up there, right? But if you're wearing the Fitbit, if you're wearing the smartwatch, they're tracking all that in real time. Plus, all the smart devices in your house are tracking you. Plus, the Amazon Ring cameras and the closed-circuit TVs that are everywhere, uh, closed-circuit TV cameras everywhere, they're tracking everything. Well, what if that digital footprint is not to create necessarily a digital twin of you, 
that you're going to have live in the metaverse because if you put the ar headset on and you go into the metaverse you're going to be controlling that in real time anyway uh, but what happens if that digital footprint is designed to be the backbone that powers each and every one of these, call them personal Jesus, I think, personal Jesus, uh, Johnny Cash sang that, Marilyn Manson and others, to create the personal Jesus that's going to talk to you. And it's able to manipulate you, mind control you, mind bend you, mind hack you, brainwash you, because it is operating off of your digital twin. So all of your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your experiences, your habits are actually being used against you to manipulate you because now this artificial intelligence can have a conversation through you, uh, to you, with you, right, through the skin of any of the people I have up on the screen or anyone else anywhere, through the skin and through the voice, which are fake. So think of the skin the avatar, the person, and the voice, and the language that it speaks or whatever. Think of that as just a puppet. It's a puppet. But the puppet is being driven off of artificial intelligence that is taken from the library of your life, your digital footprint, the Encyclopedia Britannica on you. And now it can tap into that and in real time either be creating a video that you don't realize is real-time, personalized, choose-your-own-adventure propaganda, or it could actually, maybe at some point, even have a conversation with you back and forth, and you think you're talking to a different person, but it's actually someone created off the mirror image of you. That's the personal Jesus. That's the AI antichrist, and it could come to you in many forms. It could come to your children in many forms. How many people do you see? Keep your eye out for this. I've had people actually admit to me that they are guilty of this. That you see in the grocery store, they've got their two-and-a-half-year-olds kind of antsy in the cart. They shove a pacifier in its mouth and hand it an iPad. All right, and the next thing you know, the kid's watching some sort of cartoon on the iPad. You have no clue what it is. I have personal experience of this with my former stepkids. Uh, when I first met them, one of them was three or four years old. His mom would hand him an iPad, and I, it would sound to me like Charlie Brown. It was like, you're blocking it out. You're doing whatever you're doing, adult stuff. And the kids are just in the corner listening to, it sounds kind of like Ren and Stimpy, farts and stuff. So one day, my brain decides to just listen to this. This is probably seven, eight years ago. And I realize that the kid, it, there, there's like porno talk and stuff in this cartoon that this three or four-year-old is listening to. All right, I'm no prude, but this is like porno stuff, like dirty, dirty, dirty stuff that's in there. And I realize, oh my God, it's corrupting the kid. Now imagine a kid who, again, they're building a digital footprint on that kid from the time he's born, collecting data through the smart devices, maybe a smart sock that the parents put on him, through the smart TV, through the tablet, through the iPhone that the parents are handing it. They're constantly collecting the data, and they might have an emotional read on the kid if they have a smart sock or one of those other devices they're wearing. The kid could be watching 
personalized real-time AI propaganda. You don't know. I don't know. The technology is there. Do they have the computer uh, power to do that yet? Do they have the processing power to do that yet, to in real-time create all these things? I don't know. I really don't. I would have to talk to some experts and see. But I'm starting to think that the digital footprint on you isn't designed to make. And I brought this way back, way back. I said, I can't figure it out, but I know they don't want to create an AI puppet of you so you can lay in bed all day eating bonbons and picking your nose while your digital twin slave goes to work. Well, if the data they're actually collecting, if the digital footprint they're actually collecting on you is going to be used to power the AI characters that are going to talk to you and come to you in the form of a guide, an influencer, a friend, a mentor, whatever it may be. That may be exactly what these folks are up to, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, people like Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at Google, who's been talking about singularity for over 25 years, they've talked about the AI hive mind. Right, of taking all these thoughts, putting them up into one giant server system, and it puts all the power, all the knowledge, all the skills, everything together in one place, and that will be the AI hive mind, ladies and gentlemen. I hope I didn't just completely freak you out, because I think I freaked myself out. I don't know if anyone has talked about this. If they did, please let me know. I'd love to get them on the show. I mean, to this level. I'm I'm just kind of doing this in real time, and I'm starting to lay this out because I want to have some conversations with some uh, religious folks about this and see if this plays into the Bible. And I've talked to Dan Golbach about this. The question I'll leave you with before we go to this break is, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Uh, did someone, did God, whatever, write the Bible and predict exactly what's going on? Or are these evil people, these technocrats, these transhumanists, using the Bible as a guide and attempting to bring all this stuff to life? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not smart enough to have the answer to that question. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. Folks, share this show with your friends and family. You know, share this with them, ladies and gentlemen. The best we can do is try to wake up our kids and grandkids, try to prepare young parents. I'm not a young parent. I'm a new parent, but not a young parent. I'm 41. I did raise a couple of uh, stepkids in a previous life, but it's a totally different thing when it's your kid. I, I could see that now. I understand it. It's completely different. It's a complete different level of uh, love, I think. I mean, really, it is. I, I did love my stepkids, but this is completely, uh, completely different. All right, let me show you this, because uh, we're going to work on Synthesia a little bit more so that you have a full understanding of their current 
uh, technological capacity and capabilities. But I want to show you this on the founder, Victor Ripper Belly. And this is an article at uh, starterstory.com from April 2022. And this is by Victor Ripper Belly. It says, We built artificial intelligence that can turn any text into video and raised over $60 million. Now, I want to get it over the next, uh, with this segment and then the next episode uh, that we cover this. I'll get into more on uh, Ripper Belly. And what he's doing, the technology that he's working on, where he sees this going. Because it's going to play a big part in the discussions on the artificial intelligence personal Jesus. And I'm going to look at some other companies that are working on this as well. Of course, this is the leading company, folks. And obviously, they're not marketing it for an AI uh, antichrist. But I, I kind of can see where all this is going. It says right here, Synthesia is the world's largest AI video platform. Their mission is to make video easy for anyone by enabling video production without the need for cameras, actors, studios, and microphones. Today, video and audio is the default online experience. In our private lives, we spend more time on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch than reading magazines or newspapers. Yet when we go to work, we still predominantly consume emails, slides, and other text-based content. The reason is simple. Creating email, text, and slide content doesn't require pen and paper. It's an entirely digital workflow. You type it out uh, in a browser window and can always go back to edit and update it with just a few clicks. All right, so this is how you start to create adoption in the legacy corporate world. So says, on the other hand, producing video and audio is still a multidisciplinary physical process. It requires cameras, actors, studios, and post-production, making it impossible to scale. And once content is recorded, it can't be edited or updated without reshooting. With the Synthesia AI video platform, you can make videos directly from your browser without the need for cameras and film crews. You simply select an AI avatar, type in your script in one of 50 languages, and your video will be ready in minutes. Synthesia customers use the technology to transform their text-based content into bite-sized video that significantly improves engagement, conversation, and information retention for learning, support, and sales content. As an example, one of the world's largest fast food chains transformed their training and onboarding process to be based a video based with Synthesia. Employees can now watch training videos in a few minutes on their phone and in their native language as opposed to reading PDF documents. Behind the scenes, Synthesia utilizes AI technology to simulate real video, effectively reducing the video production process of cameras, actors, and studios to an entirely digital workflow that enables their customers to generate rather than record video. As media production moves from cameras to computers, creators will be able to build entirely new native synthetic media experiences. Just like the first websites looked like paper magazines, most synthetic content today emulates the linear formats we're used to. Now, just think about this in the simplest of terms. Let's say this was the whole entire reason this thing was being created. And it comes out, let's say it's fully adopted. Well, there's an entire industry uh, called industrial film production, where there's actors and a producer and a cameraman and a script writer, a director, and they create all these internal work videos like training and everything else. That's gone. Okay, so now all you would literally need, okay, 
to to take over that whole crew that you would hire so basically the actors producers directors you're all out of work gone done those people are the people that should be uniting and forming a union and fighting back against artificial intelligence because you would take a crew let's say one actor let's say a makeup person uh let's say a director uh let's say a lighting guy a camera guy let's say five five person crew there to shoot a video then you have the script writer which will be in the marketing department of the company or the hr department or whatever uh you could just hire someone like me who can get around tech pretty quick like if i bought this i'd figure it out in about 25 minutes and i'd be starting to blast out videos all day long trust me my entrepreneurial and creative senses immediately when i saw this i said oh, i know six clients past clients i can make a demo for right now hit them up and say hey man you guys need training videos for your engineering company why don't you let me produce them give me x amount of dollars and i'll start whacking these out for you so you can get rid of a whole entire crew and you can uh, replace them with this, with one guy, one nerd. It says, but with Synthesia API, you can create entirely new forms of interactive video experiences like personalized on-the-fly video experiences, chat bots with a human face, or run 24-7 weather channels in 50 different languages. 24-7 weather channels in 50 different languages. That means the weather newscaster is fake is fake do you hear that in 10 to 15 years synthesia predicts we'll be able to make hollywood films on laptops and that the internet will transform from predominantly static text interactions to rich and interactive media and as with any other technology we won't really know what its final form will look like until we see it in front of us well you won't know because that's it folks that's the personal jesus that's personal Jesus. Goes on to say, Synthesia launched their public beta in the summer of 2020. It is now used by thousands of companies, including many Fortune 500 companies. It says, what's your background and how did you get into entrepreneurship? And so Victor Ripperelli is the CEO and co-founder of Synthesia. I'm Danish and grew up in Copenhagen, where I was involved in startups for almost a decade before founding Synthesia. I started out building websites for local businesses in my teenage years and spent years working for various startups, including a stint at Founders, a European venture studio. Just keep at it. Resilience is the key. It says, in 2016, I moved to London to pursue my interest in virtual reality and augmented reality and artificial intelligence. And through my work there, I was eventually led to discover the artificial, intelli artificial intelligence video technology that underpins Synthesia. In 2017, I co-founded the company with Professor Matthias Nasir, Professor Lourdes Agapido, and Stefan Terjad. And it goes on here, take us through your entrepreneurial journey. How did you go from day one to today? Synthesia was officially founded in November 2017, but the lead up to that was eight months of attempting to assemble a team trying to raise money and maintain our belief in the idea when no one else did. Stefan and I met in Denmark where he worked at the same company for a while. We always knew we had a shared ambition and complementary skill set. The idea for Synthesia Cam, when I read uh, Matheus' research paper face-to-face, -face, which is now a seminal paper in the synthetic media space, it even got to Matthias invited to 
uh, Jimmy Kimmel, which we watched here at the Dust and Gold Standard. It goes on to say, I sensed that this technology would be a paradigm shift in content creation and pitched it to Stefan, who at the time lived in Africa. He was in and moved to London a few months later. Next, we had to get the technical talent that could build the technology. At that point, Matthias Nasier had many requests to start a company around the technology, but wasn't convinced as most of the ideas he was pitched revolved around creating fun, Snapchat filter style consumer apps. To make a long story short, it took many months to convince Matthias and later Lourdes Agapito to co-found the company. As two 26-year-olds, it was difficult to convince two of the world's leading computer vision professors, to say the least. But ultimately, we all shared the same sentiment. This technology will change the world, and we had a shared vision for how we could build the leading company in this space. We also convinced John Stark, who at the time was head of research at Foundry, one of the leading visual effects software companies, to join us. Then the hard part began. Building deep tech is different from more traditional software companies. You spend years building the core technology. The development cycles are long and uncertain. When you were doing actual blue sky research, you could spend months on a solution that might never work at all. It took us almost three years to build the first iteration of the platform product as it exists today. In 2017, the world mainly saw negative coverage of deepfake technology. Where others saw a media apocalypse, I saw opportunity. Most new technology is met with fear and dismissal until it becomes part of everyday life. Remember, remember, you have this guy behind the company who is NSA, CIA, Homeland Security, okay? That's, that's who just raised the money for them, Ted Schlein. With no product or revenue to show investors, weren't exactly all over us in the early days. The first seven months of the company, we f- funded with our Bitcoin profits until it got to the point where we were almost out of money. We tried to raise money, but VCs couldn't personally emphasize with the problem. A few VCs produced video and generally thought it was cool, but not commercially interesting idea. Coupled with the media narrative, it was hard to sell. We got turned down by 73 funds before we managed to close our pre-seed round. As part of our fundraising process, we had a list of high net worth individuals who had an interest in both media and technology. Mark Cuban was on the list, but we had no idea how we get in touch with him. Stefan started Googling around and discovered that Sony had recently been hacked and a lot of emails had been leaked. We downloaded the data, found Mark's email, and reached out to him. I had just launched the webpage for Synthesia. Mark Cuban was the sign-up we had. I thought that Stefan was pulling a joke on me, but he insisted it wasn't him. A few minutes later, an email from Mark popped into Stefan's box, and we were flabbergasted. After 16 hours of back-and-forth emailing with Cuban and his team, Mark decided to invest $1 million at 4 a.m. UK time, and that became the beginning of Synthesia. Since then, we continued to build out the technology, eventually building an actual product and taking the technology to market. Today, we've raised more than $70 million in funding, and we will soon be 100 people. As a founder, it's a surreal feeling having gone from nothing to a real company. I'm grateful for all support we've had from friends, family, and good-hearted people that enabled us to persist through the years, uh, the early days of the company, which were a very dark and uncertain period of our lives. So now you have Mark Cuban involved with this. I wanted to show you that. And now what we're going to do, folks, I'm going to skip ahead for a moment. And it says, what have been the most influential books, podcasts, or other resources? And, and he says, the founder, if I had to pick one business book, I'd pick Zero to One by Peter Thiel. 
So you have the CEO of this company building this technology, bringing this technology to market, helping to normalize and to force the adoption of this technology into our lives. The front-facing technology for what could very well become the artificial intelligence personal Jesus. You have the CEO the founder, the guy who put this together, who was inspired by Peter Thiel. You have the co-founder, uh, Professor Matthias Nabdier, being connected to Artificial Intelligence Foundation, which is owned by Lars Butler. Matthias sits on the board, along with Keith Alexander, the former head of the NSA, and Lars Butler is involved with several companies with Keith Alexander. And then you have the overall company, Synthesia, with its main Series B funding round leader, uh, Ted Schlein, who is NSA cia homeland security and then the overall company synthesia right is led by this uh ceo who is just i mean wait until you see the connections that i'm gonna lay out with the ceo here folks I mean, this is mind-blowing stuff. So you have this company with the CIA, NSA backing. You've got Professor Matthias Nasir, co-founder, connected to Lars Butler, who's connected to NSA and all these different government agencies. And now you've got this company that's creating the skin. And now they're inside Amazon. They're inside these other companies. You've got Mark Cuban behind it. All very interesting and fascinating, but again, real. Did you know about this, folks? Is this out there on Tucker Carlson? Are they talking about this in other places? I don't think so. As Dan Govach would say, folks, this is not a rabbit hole. This is a rabbit canyon. It's a rabbit canyon. And we have to continue to dig and dissect this. But I'm telling you, I promise you, because I can feel it in my bones, that this is the beginning of the AI personal Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back tomorrow with Wide Awake Jim for episode 120. Please leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Join us at pain.tv slash gold. And if you're interested in registering your car out of state and getting around your communist state, if you live in one, check out my friends at Dirt Legal. uh, uh, Legal. The link is in the description below. Please use that because I will get a small commission if you decide to use that service. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.